Yo, welcome to I'm Probably Right. I am your host, Reggie Watkins. My man, Kevin, is running the boards for me producing. Thank you so much, sir, and thank you all for tuning in and listening. Make sure, when you're listening to us, you subscribe, like, comment. We need those. Please do that. Let's get this show popping. Let's get this show cracking. Uh, I'm probably right. You listen to the inaugural episode. Kevin, how you doing, man? Uh, doing great, Reggie. Thank, thank you, brother. I appreciate you getting in here. It's hot as hell in L.A. right now. What, what is it outside? Probably about, it's almost 90 degrees. Yeah? Uh, uh, maybe a little bit over, yeah. A L- little bit over that, right? But we're good. We're, we're here. We're in a nice, right, we're in a nice air-conditioned studio. Um, so today, we are going to talk about why do we hate the Clippers? That's a question. I, that, that, that I want to know. I, I want to know why we do that. Why do we hate them? I don't hate them. I don't hate nobody. I'm from the Bay. We don't hate. And I want to know, why did knowing your role become such a bad thing? When did knowing your role become such a bad thing? We're going to talk about white privilege and Justin Janes. But first up, why do we hate the Clippers? Kevin, do, do you hate the Clippers? I don't. Not, I'm not a fan of the Clippers because okay. I like the Lakers. They're okay. not the true original LA team. Yeah. But uh, I don't hate them like you. I don't hate everything. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Laker fan myself, but I'm not one of these fans that thinks that uh, just because I'm a fan of my team, I have to hate everybody else or the other team that's in our city. Although I will say this, like I said earlier, I am from the Bay. We don't hate nothing except for Raider fans. Okay, I am a I'm a 49er fan by by birth. I hate the Raider fans. I don't hate the Raider team. I hate the fans. And I hate Dallas Cowboy fans. I don't hate the team. I hate the fans. But I do not hate the Clippers. But what I'm wondering is, when did it become the thing to hate the Clippers? If you really think about the Clippers, they are a rags-to-riches story. And, And usually we love rags to riches, don't we? I mean, we love the little upstart that gets up the hill. Okay, so the Clippers have never, this is their, Kevin, do you understand this is the first time the Clippers have ever made a Western Conference Finals in their history? I do. Okay, first time ever. They play in a building, the Staples Center, where they look up every game that they play. They move, they they usually move the banners out, but they know they're there. They look up and they see championship after championship after championship after championship banner, right? They have to deal with that. They've been dealing with that for decades. That okay? obviously say Lakers. That say <laughs> Lakers. It does not say the Clippers. It says Lakers. Okay? So already they're dealing with with uh with 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 stepchild syndrome, okay? So then this team finally makes a push a year ago to go all in, trade everything they got. They've still got Doc Rivers as their coach. They go and they get Kawhi Leonard fresh off a championship from the Toronto Raptors, okay? They bring in Kawhi Leonard, who is the, is the poster boy of what we say we want from our athletes. The guy doesn't run his mouth. He, I don't even know what Kawhi Leonard sounds like. But he doesn't run his mouth, he plays hard, and he goes hard, and he just gets it done everywhere he goes. So, we're supposed to love him, right? Then, they bring Paul George in, okay? They bring in Paul George. Paul George, who formerly of the Indiana Pacers, I don't know if people remember, Paul George used to be with the Indiana Pacers a long time ago, and he was a 
beast with the Pacers. Used to give it to LeBron and D-Wade and Chris Bosh and them. While his sidekicks were Roy Trash Can Hibbert and Lance Blowing Your Ear Stevenson. Okay? Paul George was given... LeBron James, the business. I mean, dropping 40 points in the playoffs, taking the Pacers to Eastern Conference Finals, Game 6s, Game 7s, right? And then he had an accident playing for the Olympic team where he broke his leg, literally snapped his leg. The man works his way back to being an all-star, all-NBA player. We love that, right? Redemption. He fell to the lowest. My man broke his leg, and he was already a millionaire. He could have quit right there. I would have. If I got, Kevin, if I have 10, 20 million, hell, if I got a million in my bank account right now, there's some some things I ain't going to keep doing, okay? I am definitely not putting myself out there to get tired, right? If I'm getting paid millions of dollars, my tired level is going to decrease immensely. But Paul George didn't do that. Paul George kept on grinding to get to a place where he was back as one of the all-time players in this current NBA, okay? Ty Lue. They, they, they fired Doc Rivers, deservingly, because he couldn't get that team over the hump in the bubble last year. When everybody wants to say, oh, it was a bubble. It, it wasn't the same. Everybody had the same bubble. Everybody had the same time being there. Nobody had fans. Everybody had to go through the same thing. The Lakers just dealt with the bubble better than everybody else. Period. End of discussion. Stop talking about it, okay? But... Doc Rivers, notoriously Doc Rivers, losing 3-1 leads, not being able to get over the hump, has been with the Clippers forever, could not get them to the Western Conference Finals, had to get gone, fired him, brought in Ty Lue. Ty Lue. We remember Ty Lue? What does everybody famously remember Ty Lue for? Playing for the Lakers and getting stepped over by Allen Iverson after Allen Iverson hit that damn three, which was pretty dope. I got to say, that was a dope-ass shot. And that that moment is iconic. That's what we remember Ty Lue for. But what we don't really remember Ty Lue for is taking over for David Blatt with the Cleveland Cavaliers after they got to the finals versus the Warriors and just couldn't get it done. They brought in Ty Lue to be the head coach. And they immediately won a championship and then went to three more finals after that with him as the head coach. And people want to say that it was all LeBron. Yo, we're seeing that Ty Lue can coach because now he's here with the Clippers this year. They've made it to the Western Conference Finals further, furthest than they've ever gone. Okay, They've been down 0-2 in every series they've played in these playoffs and made it to the Western Conference Finals with Ty Lue coaching his ass off. Reggie Jackson. Journeyman Reggie Jackson, my boy, one of my boys calls him Reggie Viola Davis Jackson. Have you, <laughs> Kevin, have you seen, have you seen Reggie Jackson? He does look like Viola, and, and Viola is a beautiful woman, so basically I'm saying Reggie Jackson is a beautiful man. That's what I'm basically saying. Um, Reggie Jackson got paid, the, got a boatload of cash from the Detroit Pistons and then fell off the damn map, right? And, and sometimes it happens with these players. They get paid all this money, and... You know, your, your, your expectation goes through the roof. And I think that Reggie Jackson got paid as a number one, and that's not who Reggie Jackson is. So he comes to the Clippers, and Doc Rivers has him sitting on the bench, barely giving him any minutes, ruining my man's confidence, but he still got his bag, so he ain't tripping. And then Ty Lue puts him in, and, and, and Reggie Jackson remembers, oh, I do this, and he's bowling. That's a story we usually love, right? We love the guy who who fell from grace, came back. The Clippers have nothing but misfits. Kawhi Leonard is missing. Okay, they lost Kawhi Leonard 
in the series with Utah. They still won. They still won a playoff series missing their best player. And now they're in the Western Conference Finals, and they've lost by no more than six points in any of the games. They've all come down to the wire. And I'm hearing people say, oh, man, I hate the Clippers. I'm rooting against Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is the rags to riches story that we all are supposed to care for and love. The man was not recruited out of high school, barely got to college, played ball, had to go overseas, had to bet on himself playing in Europe, rush all over the place. Finally makes it back to the NBA and does what he does, plays defense. That's it. Gets on people's nerves and does his job to the best of his ability. That's what we love, right? We love a guy who just grinds and works. But why do we hate these Clippers then? They're missing their best player. They're barely losing games. They're trying. They're scrapping. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But the narrative keeps being, oh, the Clippers, they keep blowing. They're choking. Why do we hate them? I'll tell you why we hate them. We hate them because we hate Paul George. Everybody hates Paul George. I, I, I have never seen anybody get more hate than maybe LeBron James. LeBron James and Paul George are the most hated players in the NBA. And Paul George is hated on. I don't know why. I really, I really don't know why. People can't ever give you a real reason why. I don't know why they hate a guy who had his leg broken and came back to be a star. But what I hear from people is, Oh, Paul George threw Doc Rivers under the bus last year when he had that bad uh, pandemic P. And that was funny. Somebody called him because he gave himself the nickname Playoff P. And you can never be a dude to give yourself a nickname unless you're Kobe Bryant because Kobe Bryant called himself the Black Mama. Nobody else called him that. Kobe Bryant made that up and it stuck. And then Paul George decided to call himself Playoff P and he did not have a good playoff. So then people started giving him trash for it. And last year they called him Pandemic P. And he started to make up for it this year. And then he missed the free throws. And then he went back to being Pandemic P. And people hate him for throwing Doc under the bus, they say. They hate him because he was laughing at Dane when Dane missed some free throws to win a game. Yo, the Clippers are supposed to be the darlings that we all love. I don't understand it. I've got, somebody's got to let me know. Why are y'all so much haters? Why are y'all haters? Stop hating. Just love. That's all we need. Love. I don't love the Clippers, but I don't hate the Clippers. And I, I, I don't love Paul George, but I don't hate Paul George. And actually, I defend people who get hated on. So Paul George, Lonzo Ball, Ben Simmons, I'm here for you. Spread the love. We'll be back. Welcome back to I'm Probably Right. My name is Reggie Watkins, your host. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. I'm so happy you're here. I want to talk about something that is is, uh, invading our society. Let me sit back and get comfortable here because I'm about to take y'all. I'm about to talk to y'all for real about some stuff that really grinds my gears, as Peter Griffin would say. Um, When did it become a sin to know your role? Kevin, what, what is your role right now? What, what, is, what is your job? My role is to make you sound really good. And you're doing a lovely job. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. But, but your job, you're a producer, right? You're a producer and you're an engineer. You work these boards. You've gone to school. You've, you've apprenticed. You've learned how to do what you do, and you stick to it. Do you 
host a podcast? Do you come in here and try to work this mic and talk the way that I talk about these damn topics? Do you do this? Nope, because I know my role. You know your role. I'm not coming over on that side of the glass to touch that computer and tell you to, to turn this up or turn that left. I don't know a damn thing about that. I know about this microphone. I know about doing this right here. Why do we hate people who know their role? Take, for instance, Ben Simmons. Been a hot topic the past couple of weeks because of the playoffs, right? Ben Simmons, he can't shoot a jump shot. He don't shoot. You know, he, can't, he only scores eight points. He scored five points in a game. What the hell? When, when, when did you not know that Ben Simmons wasn't a scorer? Did you, is this newsflash? When did you not know that Ben Simmons could not shoot a jump shot? Ben Simmons knows his role. Ben Simmons is on a team with arguably the best big man in the NBA, Joel Embiid, having a career year where he was probably second in the MVP race. And he had he not missed games, he would have been the MVP, right? Uh, LeBron James probably would have been MVP if, if he hadn't missed all those damn games either, right? But he's on a team with Joel Embiid. He's on a team with Tobias Harris, who makes $33 million a year to do what? Tobias Harris is there to score after Ben, after Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris is the second leading scorer on that team. Ben Simmons is the third leading scorer on that team. He's supposed to take the third amount of shots on that team or third amount of attempts on that team. Ben Simmons is there to play defense, which he does at an historically great clip, okay? Ben Simmons is probably one of the greatest defenders that will ever go down in the NBA. He can guard one through five successfully. You, you, ben Simmons is guarding you. You are less than what you were <laughs> when somebody else was guarding you. Immediately, immediately, he makes you less than what you were. He's long. He, dude. When they, after they sacrificed the game because Doc Rivers had Danny Green, Danny Green with his baby knees trying to guard Trey Young in the first game of the semifinals versus the Hawks, and they got blowed the hell out, he came back in game two, and who do you have on, on Trey Young? Ben Simmons. What happened? They won the game, okay? I don't understand when role-playing became such a bad thing. And this is what we've done. This is what the media's done. This is what society's done. We want people to be more than what they are, but if they are more than what they are, they're taking away from the more talented people around them. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Crazy thing about Giannis, his brother, Kevin, do you know that his brother is on the team as well? I did not know that. Giannis's older brother is on the Bucks, And if you ever watch a Bucks game, he is... He, he's the dude who's on the sideline. You Trust me, you know who he is, okay? He's the guy that's extra excited, the guy that's running extra hard. And when he gets in the game, that dude plays like he knows that everybody thinks he's only there because his brother's there, but he's going to show you that he, he works hard, okay? He goes in the game. There is not a ball he's not diving for. The ball ain't even – people are shooting the ball. He's diving on the floor to get the ball out of the net. Okay, that's how hard uh, Giannis's brother goes, and I don't even know his first name. And 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 honestly, I don't think he even says his first name because if I was him, I would walk into every bar and say, "Yo, what's up? I'm I'm a Tintacupo. 
I would not tell him my first name. My name is Antetokounmpo. Do you guys want to hook up with me? Do y'all want to say hello to me? You guys want to hang out with me? That's all you need to know. That's it. Um, but Giannis, people want to get on Giannis for not having the offensive game that they think he should have. Giannis's game is to get downhill, put pressure in the lane, get buckets, score, rebound, assist. That's his job. His role, and what I think he's starting to understand, is his role is not to be shooting jumpers. Like, if I'm the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, I have Giannis on a jump shot count. You get five a game, dog. Okay, you get five jump shots a game, Giannis. After five, I don't want to see you taking anything outside of the paint. Five, right? And, and we've seen it. Every game, the game that they played in the semifinals against the Nets, game six, Giannis took no three-pointers. No three-pointers. They won the game. Game seven, he took one three-pointer. They won the game. People have got to understand their roles. His role is just like I said, get in the paint, disrupt, uh, get people open, pass the ball. And then when it comes time for somebody to get a jump shot, take the last shot, he passes the ball to Chris Middleton because that's Chris Middleton's job. Chris Middleton's job is not to be Giannis. Chris Middleton's job is to, after Giannis does all his work and then they're starting to clog the lane. Chris Middleton's job is to take the ball from Giannis and get buckets outside. People have to know their role. People go on, on, on Lonzo Ball. Lonzo scores 15, 14 points a game. He's on a team with Zion Williamson. He's on a team with Brandon Ingram. He should not be taking more than 12 to 13 shots. If, if he took, if he was on a team with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and he took more than 13 to 14 shots, I'm firing him. That's not your role, dog. Your role is to get them the ball so that they get more shots and you do what you do. And that's what he does. But people don't want role players. Everybody seems to want everybody in the NBA to be Michael Jordan. You can't have it that way. It just would not work. The same thing with football. People get slack. We, we've, we've started to turn the word game manager into a bad thing. But what the hell is wrong with the game manager? Right? Isn't that what you want from a quarterback? Manage the game. Manage us to a win. I don't care if you throw for 100 yards. Did we win the game? If you threw for 500 yards in the game, but we lost, what did you do? You didn't manage the damn thing right. Right, Because those 500 yards didn't give us the outcome we needed. Manage. Why, is, why are we turning this into a bad thing? And people hear that. Oh, role players. Oh, he's just a role player. Yeah, everybody's got a role. Everybody's got a role, and they need to learn how to play it. You know, you, you, everybody's got their group of friends. you got your group of friends, and people know their role. It's only when people don't know their role that you see things going to chaos. You don't walk into a bar and, and you know you got your friend who, who you know ain't the best looking dude, but he's trying to holler at all the baddest chicks. He's like, dog, slow down. What are you doing? No, 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 no. That group is not for you. You are over here. Know your role. Stay in your lane. Got a lot of people just causing traffic because they all up here on, on lanes that ain't supposed to be theirs. Stay in your damn lane. I'm Reggie Watkins. I'm probably right. We'll be back.
Okay, so now we're going to talk about something that uh, I know a lot of people don't like to hear. It's a word that gets people a little, you know, a little uptight. And by people, I mean white people. Gets them a little uptight when they hear these words. But we got to talk about it. White privilege. And and white privilege is a damn thing. I'm sorry. Kevin Kevin is white. People can't see Kevin. Kevin is white. He's producing this thing. Kevin, white privilege is a thing. I'm sorry if you don't agree. I'm telling you it is. And that's just what it is. It is. I agree. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for for, for agreeing with me because I'm probably right. Uh, But so, (laughs) so white privilege, right? It comes in many shapes, forms, sizes. We see it in different places, right? And, and sometimes, some. And, and I'm not saying that white privilege is something that white people actually even want. Sometimes white people get white privilege just because people give them the shit. It's just, it's just what it is. They don't even ask for it. But damn, you know, you you walk into a store and somebody gives you a loaf of bread that you didn't even ask for. But I got bread at home. No, just take it. Just, just, just take it. Sometimes you don't even want it. But then sometimes you get this that you just you get the white privilege that you just can't help but call out and see. And I think that somebody who should change their name to white privilege is one Tim Tebow. He should just change his name to white privilege. I I need you guys to understand this this story of, of Tim Tebow and where it's at now. Okay, Tim Tebow is probably one of maybe if not the greatest college football quarterback of all time. Okay, the man won a Heisman, almost won two. Okay, he was a monster. He 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 led the Florida Gators to national championships and and just I mean spectacular. Well, I was I used to love watching this dude and 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 play play college ball. I remember seeing him play high school ball too, and he was a beast. He's out of the Florida area. I think he's out of like Tampa Bay around that area. Beast, right? Um, college. He comes out of college, and. You know, I played I played college football. I mean, I played I played ball until I was 21 years old. I know the difference between a dude who can play quarterback in college and a dude who can play quarterback in the NFL. We've seen it before, right? You see some guys who are so dope in college, and you're like, yeah, but that's just not going to work in the NFL. Florida has a lot of them dudes, okay? <laughs> Shane Matthews, he was a beast at Florida. Terrible in the NFL. Uh, Danny Warfel. A beast at Florida. Terrible in the NFL. Tim Tebow, you knew that something about the way he threw the ball just didn't look right. It didn't look like it would last in the NFL. But somebody decided to draft Tim Tebow with the first-round pick in the NFL. The Denver Broncos did. And their coach at the time was, uh, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank on his name. What's his name, man? Um, The dude from New England and uh, Josh, Josh McDaniel. Josh McDaniel gets a job coaching for the Denver Broncos. His first year coaching the Denver Broncos. And Josh McDaniels, who used to be the, the, the coach, the quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator of who? Tom Brady. Maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. He's seen, he's seen, the, best, he's seen the best thrower of the football for his job. That was his job, to watch the guy who's thrown the football the best ever, watch him do it. That was his job. And dial up plays for him. He goes and takes a job with the Denver Broncos as the head coach. And what does he do And as his first pick in the NFL draft? He drafts a quarterback who cannot throw the damn football. Gave Tim Tebow a first-round contract because he couldn't throw the damn football, but there's just something about him. 
Right? It's just, there's just something about this Tim Tebow guy. I don't know if it's the religion. Maybe God's, God's watching. God's going to get involved in anything Tim Tebow does. God, he's kneeling. He's taking a knee and he's, he's praying. We okay with that knee. We okay with them kind of knees. We ain't, we ain't cool with the other kneeling that, that some people were doing uh, that can't get a job in the NFL right now. But Tim Tebow comes to the NFL, Denver Broncos. He has an okay rookie year, leads them to, I uh, believe, the AFC. He, play, leads, he leads them to a win. They won a playoff game over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Terrible. The whole game until the fourth quarter, he throws a pass, and uh, I think it's Demarius Thomas runs to the end zone, touchdown, game over, and then they lose. And then the next year, John Elway takes over and comes in. John Elway, Hall of Fame quarterback, who knows what it looks like for a guy who can throw the ball and who, could not, who cannot throw the ball. Sees Tim Tebow and says, nah, we ain't doing this, dog. We're going another way. We're we going to go another route. Tim Tebow does not get to play quarterback anymore, gets, gets benched, and it's a wrap. Okay. The league knows Tim Tebow cannot throw the football. His team knows Tim Tebow. You've got teammates. You've got people, coaches in the league who are like, yo, he's the worst quarterback I ever saw. I ever saw Okay, and they're talking about in practice. He's the worst. This dude's throwing dirt balls in the dirt over people's head, behind people, cannot complete passes. He's a career fifty percent completion percentage. Right? Cannot throw the football in a league where you're not great. If you're not even if you're not completing sixty percent, you shouldn't even be starting in the NFL. This guy was completing fifty. Gets benched by the Denver Broncos and then later cut. New England Patriots pick him up. New England Patriots where they have. Possibly the GOAT at quarterback, Tom Brady, and most likely the GOAT coach in Bill Belichick. If Bill Belichick sees you and thinks you can play football, everybody else in the league thinks you can play football. Why? Because Bill Belichick said that dude could play football. They bring Tim Tebow in to play quarterback for the New England Patriots. Can't even make the third team. Can't even be the third team quarterback because he just cannot complete. He can't complete passes on the NFL level. They let him go. Philadelphia Eagles pick him up, put him at quarterback. They cut him. Andy Reid has him at quarterback, cuts him because he just can't play. The New York Jets. He had a chance to play with the New York Jets. This, uh, this, listen, this is the what? The fourth time. Denver Broncos, New England Patriots, Philadelphia Eagles, New York Jets. He's had four chances to play football in the NFL. People keep giving him opportunities when they know good and well, this dude cannot throw a damn football to save his life. And the last stop he had where he was with the Jets, they gave him a chance to be an H-back. Couldn't do that either. Nah, got to go. He leaves. And then he decides, I want to play baseball. I'm going to leave the NFL. Okay? I'm going to leave the NFL and play Major League Baseball, a sport that I haven't played since I was in high school. I want people, I want our audience to understand. Baseball is one of the hardest sports to play. If, if people, if people have never really played and they think it looks so boring when you're sitting there, actually, I'm actually going to the Giants Dodger game tonight while we're, we're recording this on a Monday. It's uh, Giants Dodgers are playing. Giants are in first place, just so you know. I'm from the Bay Area. I love the Giants. Um, it is one of the hardest sports to play. It looks easy, it's brutally hard. Okay. These throws, these guys have to make these laser zip throws from from third base to first base is one of the most amazing things you see is see somebody throw a frozen rope from third to first base a guy throwing from the outfield to home plate or just the cutoff guy even hitting the ball you're hitting a curve ball a ball that's going 80 to 90 miles per hour and then is dipping out of your eyesight like it's one of the hardest things to do on the planet 
Tim Tebow decided he wanted to do, he was going to do that. And you know what happened? Somebody let Tim Tebow try to play Major League Baseball. Why? Uh, there's just something about him. <laughs> just, there's just something about him. I don't know the black man who's ever been said, who they've given shot after shot after shot just because there's something about that dude. No, nah, usually when there's something about that dude, we got to get him the hell up out of here because something about him we don't like. But there's something about Tim Tebow that people just got to have. He goes and he plays minor league baseball with the Mets. Does okay. In minor leagues, he's, I mean, he, he's, he's batting like 200-something. That's in the minor leagues. And they're talking about bringing him up to the Mets. Why? Because he's a good story. He's going to put people in seats. Never makes it to the majors, okay? That's done. Done with the baseball deal, right? And now, all of a sudden, he just got signed to a one-year deal to come and try to make the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2021. Tim Tebow last was on an NFL team in, I want to say, 2014? 2014. I think that was his last year of, of being on a, having coming to a, a mini camp, okay? A training camp. Hasn't played football in seven to eight years. They're bringing him in as a tight end. A position he's never played. He's never played. He's never played tight end. He has never caught a He's never got, ran a route to catch a pass in a game, college or pro. Not to mention, these are the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just had the number one pick. Why? Because they're terrible. They need all the talent they can get. You don't think that there's a good tight end that they can have on this team to help them win some games instead of having this project who's never caught a pass, who's never blocked anybody in the NFL? Tim Tebow? Why is he getting this opportunity? Because his former coach, his head coach now, is one Urban Meyer, who coached Tim Tebow with the Florida Gators. And one thing about Urban Meyer, I'll say this, Urban Meyer is loyal. Loyal. Urban Meyer will keep up with you. I mean, hell, who was the dude? He had Aaron Hernandez on his squad at University of Florida. Yeah, that Aaron Hernandez. Okay, um, Urban Meyer at Ohio State had, had the dude, uh, the assistant coach, who was uh, domestic violence, and they knew about it. Kept him on the squad, kept trying to give him more jobs. Urban Meyer just tried to hire a dude as a strength and conditioning coach for the Florida, for, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A dude who was accused of making racist statements. Said that he talked to the players about it. Player said he talked to us about it. Had to let him go. Urban Meyer is, <laughs> Urban Meyer is like the godfather. He's going to get you in. Okay, He's going to bring you in. And if the media got something to say about it, then y'all might have to go. But he's going to take the shot. I give Urban Meyer that. He is a dog about his people. But come on, man. Come on. Tim Tebow, shot after shot after shot after shot after shot, and we still got Colin Kaepernick, who last seen had won an NFL Player of the Week. <laughs> I mean, I mean, led a team to, to a Super Bowl, led a team to an NFC Championship game, been to the Pro Bowl, and this is what we're doing here. The man still can't get a sniff, but Tim Tebow is getting more than a whiff. I'm done. Let's change his name to White Privilege, and I'm cool with it. Just call it what it is, and I'm good with it. But don't be out here talking about, no, Tim's a great guy. He deserves a chat. No, he don't deserve a damn thing. He deserves to sit up in that booth and talk. People think he's a pretty guy. Good-looking dude, got a great-looking wife. Yo, sit up there and talk about football. That's what you know. Do that. Just don't play the damn game because you can't do it. That's it. Next. 
Kevin, uh, do you ever have suffered from bouts of irrational confidence? Well, yeah, I think we all do. But, yeah. Uh, well, well, when was the last time you were irrationally confident? Do you, can you can you say it on air? Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> It wasn't something that on unairable. Okay, <laughs> um, I it, I think we yeah like I said sometimes we all suffer from irrational confidence. I mean I said it earlier when when you got your homeboy who's always trying to talk to the dime pieces when he should actually be talking to uh to to, to a little bit less than that. We 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 saw a, a bout of irrational confidence this weekend in the MMA fighter by the name of Justin Janes. Yeah, you heard of you heard of him. Kev? I heard about this story. Okay, 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 okay. Justin Janes. I saw this on Twitter, and it was mind-blowing, shocking even, right? Justin Janes was fighting this weekend. Uh, he's fighting Charles Rosa uh, in UFC Vegas 30. And he was about to make 25. His purse was $25,000 for this fight. $25,000. That's, that's a lot of money, man. That's good money, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like, what you say? It's almost a Bitcoin. Almost, almost a Bitcoin, uh, $25,000. You can buy yourself a nice uh, Chevy, you can buy yourself a nice used Chevy Volt electric car, you know, take care of yourself, keep it going. Um, $25,000 is a quarter of, uh, of 100000 You know, you put that in the stock market, man, you know, you make you a little bit of money, right? But Justin Janes can't do any of that because Justin Janes bet his entire purse, the $25K, on himself to win this fight versus Charles Rosa. And guess what happened? <laughs> Justin James got his ass whooped in a decision. Okay, got a split decision and lost. That's the that has to hurt even more. Okay, I can deal with getting knocked the hell out and like, damn, he took my twenty five thousand. I, I got caught with a shot. No, they watched the entirety of this fight, and you knew you had twenty five grand on the line for this, and they had to decide that you wasn't getting that twenty five grand. It's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. I don't know who helped this man make this. And I, I can only imagine what his circle of friends must be like. Like, do they know the word no? Right? Does anybody in that circle know how to put the, the letters in and O together and say them out of their mouth? Because if that was my friend, no, 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 would have been the theme of every conversation we had when he brought up, I'm going to bet this 25 thou on myself. How are you paying your staff? I mean, how are you paying the trainers? Who, who's getting who get paid? Oh, no, I'm betting y'all money too. No, you not. <laughs> you better give me my cash now. I want to get paid up front before the fight. That, that, there ain't no way anybody should have let him do this. What are we thinking? I saw people on Twitter talking about, oh, man, more athletes should be like this. No, that's dumb. Because you would go to your job and say, hey, I'm betting that if I don't get this done on time, you keep my salary for the week. Ain't no way in hell you'd fall for that. Who, 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 who in their right mind would do this? But we let athletes do this, and we like it because it sounds like a cool story, and it sounds like something crazy that only dumb people would do. So, Justin James, good luck on the next fight. I hope you got some friends who actually, I hope you just got some real friends who tell you, don't be a dumbass, man. Don't bet your purse on yourself. Take your 25000 and go do something for yourself after you lose another fight. I'm Reggie Watkins. I'm probably right. Make sure you you, you subscribe, you, you, you comment, you like, do all that good stuff, share, review. I think that's it. Covered all, Kevin? I think that covers it. That's it. That's Thank y'all so much. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace.